0: This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Chuck Ford and Relate Church in Byron, Mississippi. For more information, please visit RelateChurch.com.
1: I was in the wrong spot. I didn't know I had a spot. Well, how's everybody doing? Awesome. Well, we are in a series we're calling Asking for a Friend. And so uh, today, Tammy and I, we decided that we were going to share responsibilities on on leading four questions that uh, a friend of yours may ask, and so this is all pertaining to marriage and relationships, and so uh, looking forward to it, I believe it's going to be some great answers. Let me just say this, in, in James the third chapter, James talks about that there is a wisdom that is earthly, and it's and if you read that in James chapter three, this earthly wisdom, it doesn't produce Uh, what we are trying to get or what we would think would be successful but then there's a wisdom that comes from above and how many of you know that that's the kind of wisdom that we need and and, I mean the world has demonstrated beyond a shadow of a doubt that what it has to offer us the answers that it has to offer do not work in real life it's it's a lot of theory and so it's important that we get our wisdom from God from the Word of God amen. Amen. And so looking forward to getting getting into this, and so we're going to pray, and then I'm going to turn it over to Tammy for this first question, and it's going to be a great day, all right? Father, we thank you so much for your goodness, thank you for your word today, and Lord, we thank you that your word is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path, and we thank you for answers today from your word, in Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Okay, so this first question that we have really um, is a two-parter, and um, so for some of you, it may not apply. Um, You may have already found what you would think to be the right one. Um, So just take this information, stick it in your pocket so you can share it with someone who might be looking. So the first question is, how do I find the right one? How do I find the right one? Now, to ask this question is assuming that there is only one right person. Anyone ever had that thought? The only, is, there, is there just one perfect person for I've me? I've heard that thought. We've heard that. Yeah. We have. Um, so the thought is there's only one right person in all the earth that God has destined for me to marry. Now that's that thought, you really think it through. And how many people are on the earth? <clears throat> it would be a miracle. Literally a miracle for you to connect with that very one person is in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22, the word tells us that he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So the idea that there's only one person, that's simply not the case.
1: We well, said that he who finds a wife. A wife. Not the wife.
0: Right. A wife. Also not <laughs> two wives, <laughs> right?
1: That too. No sister wives. Well, yet. they did that. They did do that back then.
0: Back then. Yeah, That's not.
1: why we can't really look to the Old Testament. For, That's
0: true. That's right. Yeah. So um, so there's a number of compatible people that you can marry and have a blessed life with. But it will take work. Anyone in here, Mary, can give me a good amen on that one. Amen. amen. No matter who you're married to, it's going to take work. Okay? So as a believer, there are things that you should look for in a potential spouse. Um, The best thing you can do in this area is to make a list. I was just speaking with some of our single ladies um, this last weekend in our single ladies small group. And um, we really encourage them. Make a list. Do you know that I made a list? And I wish I, I wish I would have looked for that journal and found it. Because I have it. Um, and it didn't even dawn on to me until just now. But at the age of about 16, I made a list of what I was going to look for in a spouse. <laughs> now, let me tell you, the things that are important to a 16-year-old change a little bit. When you get to be an adult. Um, And so there were some things that I went through and crossed off. That's not really important. What we suggest is to make a a negotiable list and a non-negotiable list. Things I will not budge on. And things that I'm okay. I can budge on that if I need to. Okay. So here are some ideas. Number one, the relationship needs to help your walk with God. And not hurt it. <clears throat> okay? So, no matter who, we can talk about that with friendship, we can talk about that with family members, we can talk about that with spouses looking for a spouse. The relationship should push you towards Christ, make you want more of God, not less of Him. Okay? Um, in fact, 2 Corinthians, Chapter 6, verse 14 says, do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. All right? So that word yoke, the picture he's painting there is, you know, they would yoke together two oxen. It was this thing that went around their necks, and they had to move together. They had to work together. They had to be together, make decisions together. And so when you are, when you're getting into a relationship, you think, I'm my own person, I can do my own thing, that is not the case. You get yoked up, you get attached to, I mean some people paint the picture of like a ball and chain, right? You don't want to be the ball. And you don't want one. What you want is someone that you, that you, can, that you can hook up together and get somewhere, because you think the same way, you want the same stuff. You're after the same thing, and you serve the same God, and he is right there with you. Amen? Amen? So you want to make sure that um, you're not, you, you, you have somebody who's at the same spiritual level or close, right? Now, we're talking about looking. Now, if you are not equally yoked and you're married, don't like, wah, wah, want, want, right? Because in chapter 7 of 1 Corinthians 12 through 16, They give instructions on what to do there. So go look that up. You can find that information there. The next thing you should look for is someone who has similar aspirations, dreams, and goals. Are they a person of vision? And is that vision compatible with yours? The Bible says how can two walk together unless they be agreed, Mm -hmm. right? I'll tell you, in our life, um, it would have been very difficult if we had two different ideas on what we wanted in life. It, it's a constant pull, constant fuss, constant. So that's why it's important before you even get started. Make sure your yeah. goals are similar, okay? And then um, you should look for someone you think's attractive. There's no amens on that one. I mean, really?
1: Can I say something?
0: <laughs> sure.
1: <laughs> so I heard a, heard a story of this. Uh, guy that got married because this girl could sing really good. And uh, a few weeks into their marriage, they woke up one morning and he turned over and looked at her and he said, sing, baby, sing. (laughs) (laughs) That's um, that's all I wanted to say.
0: (laughs) It's important that you're attractive to the person you're married to. Let me just say this. Be attracted. You want to be attracted, but that, that's on the list, but it doesn't need to be the primary thing. Because let me just tell you, looks change. <laughs> Sometimes they get better. You get better, right? Especially if you have someone that, that, that is with you that you trust. That's not going to put you down. That's not going to talk down to you. That's not going to say, you should. There's somebody that trusts you that, that comes along and says, you are so good looking. That shirt doesn't match what you're wearing. The rest of it, but you look fine today, honey. Someone you trust, right?
1: You know, it's 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 a bad thing when you start going to the barber shop and then they. they <laughs> The guy starts trimming your eyebrows <laughs> and your ears. You know things are changing.
0: Looks change. That's what we're saying. Be attracted. Yeah. But that's not your primary. That's not the first thing, all right? The next thing you need to look for someone um, whose family you get along with. A lot of times okay. when people are, are like, like falling in love, never do they think about the family, ever. It's, they don't even come into the picture. And then, they, and then they start taking steps to, in that relationship, and all of a sudden they realize, it's not just me and this other person anymore. And then once they get married, and babies come along, you realize real quick, there's other people in this situation. So you have to, you either, you either choose someone that you love. Now, I'm going to be real honest, my, my children, I don't know if they're in here or not, but I've been praying since they, before they were born for their spouses, so I fully intend that when they, find the, when they find the person that they want to marry, that person is going to love me. And they are going to love him. Because we've been praying for them. And we love them. Even before we've met them. We love them. We are for them. And they're going to love us as well. Because family is important. I'll give this real quick little story and then we'll move on. I didn't have example, a good example of marriage growing up. It was tumultuous, divorce, separation, uh, all kinds of terrible things. And so when it came time, when I came at the age where I was looking, I wanted to get married, I had no idea what I was doing. And I talked to the Lord over and over because I kept picking the wrong guys. They were just the wrong guys for me. And I finally one day sat down, I'm like, Lord, I don't know what's, well, I don't know what doing you're gonna have to help me and it was short it wasn't it wasn't too long after that maybe six months maybe a year where I I our our paths crossed in the process of that time in praying for my spouse because I also prayed for the one I wanted to marry before I knew them before I knew him I was praying for him in the course of that time, the Lord showed me a picture of a couple, a man with gray hair and a wife. And they were sitting at a counter, and he showed, they, they spoke into my life. It wasn't until years after being married to him that I realized that God had, God had Norman and Shirley for me, too. They were the gift as well to me. See, the family also has things. Sometimes you may have to dig for them. You may have to be patient for them. You may have to trust God to bring those things to the surface. Because you know what, we're all human, right? We're all in this this course, this, this process with God. But you may have to believe God for those things to rise to service so you can see them, but they're there. And when God brings you together, when you are when you connect and you step into this covenant of marriage, he wants the whole thing to be a blessing for you. And he's able to make that happen. Amen? Amen. Amen. So now we talked about the assumption that if uh, you marry the right one... Um, you know, that there if, is a right one. If,
1: if there is a right one.
0: If there is a right one, we, we've covered that that's wrong. But along with that, people think, well, if I married the right one, then there won't be any problems. <laughs> that should be the, but, um, bump. That's the joke, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's a joke.
1: You know, Paul said, he said, it's better not to marry. He said, but if you do, it's not a sin. But then he went on to say, you need to understand this. If you do, you're going to have trouble. Right. And I said, "Well, I'm not believing for that. It doesn't matter what you believe for. <laughs> in this case, you got two individuals. There's going to be trouble in the flesh."
0: Right. First Corinthians it, chapter seven yeah. twenty-eight is what he's talking about. It says, yeah. "Those who marry will face many troubles in life." You know why? Because it's two people who have troubles.
1: And the devil hates marriage.
0: Exactly. And I want to talk about that for a second. Each other, we're committed to each other, but it is work,
1: right? Yes, some, yeah, sometimes you 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 have a lot of patience for me. That's, That's
0: right. <laughs> good job, good job, honey. Um, it's true. On both sides, right? 1 uh, Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, and this is out of the message. It says, no test or temptation that comes your way is beyond the course of what others have had to face. See, when we get to that place where we think, it's just me. This is just, this is just me and, and there must be something wrong with me. Why, do we have to, why does this keep happening to me? That right there, it, that's the enemy he tries to isolate you, get, get you off to the side. So you keep thinking, oh, this is just us. This is just me. This is just me. This is me. Until you abandon, you walk away. What what we should do is say, you know what, this is happening in my life, but a lot of times we're too embarrassed. And that's why you need to get in a group of people, like in a small group where you can get in there, you can take that mask off and say, this is really hard. This is what we've been talking. This is what we're arguing about. And I don't know how to stop the arguing. You need to hear someone else say, girl. We do that too. You would not believe how long we argued about that. You need to hear that because you know what you go, oh, okay. Well, how did how how did you get past that? We need people in our lives. It's when we when we we step aside and we think, oh, surely no one else is going through this. That's when we start getting it causes problems. All right. Beautiful. So, um. No temptation or trial that comes our way is beyond what others have had to face. Now, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 19, verses 5-6, through six, Have you not read that from the beginning the Creator made them male and female and said, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate, let no man separate. See, marriage is designed by God to be a forever covenant between two people unto death. Now, I am fully aware that in the culture that we live in right now, that statement makes the majority of the world go, what? Forever? I know those are in the bowels, but really? There's a lot of people... Who hear the word covenant, and it? I might as well say, you know, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, because they don't know what that means either. See, we serve. We've 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 been brought into the family of God, who is God of covenant. He is God of covenant what covenant covenant is is way stronger than what we could, what we what we live with today way stronger in fact when you study it out covenant says everything i have you have he just told me to hurry everything that is mine is yours whatever you need i'm here i'm for you i'm fighting for you i'll die for you and and in the covenant, if I break this covenant, then you can, you know, let the curses come upon me. People, covenant is, that's that strong. That song we were singing, the overwhelming love of God, it chases me down, fights till I'm found. That's covenant. That's who God is. And the Bible talks to us about how he wants that, to ha- that's how marriage is to be as well. So instead of fighting with each other, we need to start fighting for. Instead of fighting against each other, we need to start fighting for the marriage. Fight for it. So how do we do that? Okay. Instead of should we, should we stop fighting for this marriage, we need to say, no, we're going to fight for this marriage. And this is how you do it. First, this is a hard one. Focus on yourself. Really focus on yourself. What needs to change in you before pointing out what needs to be changed about your spouse? And let me just say when you live with someone, their flaws are in your face every day, all day long. It's easy to see what the other person's doing. Easy, right? That's right. It's hard sometimes to see that you're doing the same exact thing. So, so that's why you need to, to, to like just turn the attention back to yourself, to guard your mind. When Satan tries to get you to question your spouse, remember the Apostle Paul's advice: whatever's true, whatever's noble, whatever's right, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And I and I know, look, I, I like I said, I came out of I didn't come out of like a flowery life where the relationships were perfect and the, the it was it was challenging. It was tough to watch what I watched. But there's something good in every situation. And if you start focusing on that in the person, no one wants to hear all their flaws all the time. You start talking about the good things. You start praising the good things. And confidence comes. Okay, I, if I can do this thing right, then maybe I can, I can, do you know what I'm saying? When you tear somebody down all the time, it's, it's, it's tough to do, want to do anything right. Right, so the the last part of how to how do you fight for your marriage? Um, pray for your spouse and for yourself. Ask God to help you see your spouse through His eyes. I'm telling you, this works because, I, personally, like I said, things aren't easy <laughs> when you're married. I've had to ask God to help me see Pastor Chuck the way He sees him. You know why? Because really? he, yes, yeah. I have. You know why? Because God loves this man. God is for him. God wants him to win. He wants him to succeed. He wants him to be a voice and a, an example in the earth. God wants, God loves this man. He sent Jesus to die for him, and he's given everything so this man can be in covenant with God. I tell you, when you start thinking about that person, you're going to be real quick to not complain to God about him. It will help you shut that down. Because mm. I tell you what, I can see all the faults in my kids. But somebody else comes telling me about the faults in my kids. Right? Back off. Right? Okay, so so if, if I'm looking at we'll him need to that move way. On
1: to question number two.
0: Okay, I'm getting there. If I'm looking at him that way and he's looking at me that way, see how good it is? There's a lot more patience and love and kindness and all those things that are needed. Okay? All right, let's move on.
1: All right, question number two. Question number two. Is it okay for a Christian to divorce their spouse? Is it okay. Uh, short answer, no, it is not. Okay. All right, so so this is what I know. Uh, about 50% of marriages um, end in divorce, and that's true across, you know, unbelievers and believers, and so I know that I just when I said that, some of you, you, you don't. Let me just say this. Divorce is not the unpardonable sin. It's not a sin that can't be forgiven. It can for sure be forgiven. Aren't you glad about that? Yeah. Just like any other sin, it can be forgiven. It's not the unpardonable sin. It's not an unforgivable sin. But the answer, is it okay? No, it's not okay. It's not okay with God. He, I mean, the Word says it clearly. He hates Divorce, why? Because it goes back to what we were talking about, because it's a covenant relationship. And when, when God enters into covenant, I mean, it's, it's an unbreakable thing. And so, uh, uh, no, it's, it's not okay. Permissible, perhaps under certain circumstances. Permissible. In, in uh, Matthew, the 19th chapter, in verses 3 through 8, it says this, that some Pharisees came and tried to trap Jesus with this question. They asked him, should a man be allowed to divorce his wife for just any reason? And Jesus said, haven't you read the scriptures? They record that from the beginning God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. Since they are no longer but two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. And then they asked then why did Moses say in the law that a man could give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away and Jesus replied Moses permitted divorce only as a concession to your hard hearts but it was not what God had had originally intended anytime there's a divorce between two Christians it's because someone's heart has become hardened and as Christians we're not to have hard hearts we're to have new hearts we're to be soft before the Lord and, and let me just say this that you know Tammy and I made up our mind and uh, thankfully we had people who who counseled us and let us know that you know marriage was not just going to be super easy and it wasn't gonna be problem free and I, I'm glad someone told us the truth about that because I think a lot of people they go into marriage and you know how they say that love is blind and we always say this in premarital counseling that love is blind and marriage will knock your eyes wide open. I mean, it's it's just the truth. I mean, you you see some things, and uh, and so there, there's you, there's going to be problems in marriage. But Tammy and I made up our mind that the word divorce would never come up in a conversation. It would never be it would never be joked about. It would never be a consideration. Why? Because God hates it, right? And in the beginning, in the, his, his original intent is a, for a man and a woman come together, and it uh, and it's, it's a joining, a cementing together, and it's not to be uh, something that is has separated. So Jesus said, "Moses." And see, this is why it's important. You can't go even you realize this that Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, even though it's in our New Testament, it is Old Covenant. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is New Testament, but it's Old Covenant. And so if, if you know, Jesus, when, when he came on the scene and over in that, that last Passover, I mean, he, he ushered in a new way for a new day, right? And so if, it, if, if the New Covenant modifies something, we don't need to go under the Old Covenant and get our instruction. Not on marriage, not on life, not on anything. So Moses gave the people under a law, this concession, because of their hard heart that they could divorce but under the new covenant it's not the truth. It's not the truth. As a matter of fact it says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 I'm going to just read a couple of verses in verse 10 it says but for those who are married I have a command that comes not from me but from the Lord a wife must not leave her husband but if she does leave him let her remain single or else be reconciled to him, and the husband must not leave his wife. How many of you is that is that pretty clear to us all? Yes. Is that is that clear? Yes. All right, we're not sure. Okay. And, and so in verse 27 it says, if you have a wife, do not seek to end the marriage. Well, I mean, that would be reversed too. If you if you have a if you have a husband, don't seek to end the marriage. So this is this is what happens in, in many relationships. That uh, people decide, or maybe they, they're just tired. Maybe it's been so much, so much problems, Stress, strife. stressful that you just give up. You just give up, and uh, you know, of course, Tammy and I have a perfect marriage. It, it, it's, we ne- we never have discussions. We never have arguments. It, no, that, I mean that's that's not the truth. I mean, now look, we've been
0: married for twenty-five years. No, we have twenty-six years. Yes. Yes. <laughs> twenty-six years. We've never we've never threatened each other with divorce, but I have said, "I'm not going nowhere." So you're going to have to deal with this, right? N- not even that I was a lot louder <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to deal with this we're gonna have to fix this because we're not going anywhere right okay
1: yeah <clears throat> <clears throat> so so just to reiterate this I mean it, so if you've if you've been divorced it's 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 not the unpardonable sin it, it's I mean it's forgivable okay it's, and uh so just make sure, going forward, just, you know, like Tammy was saying a minute ago, decide to fight for your marriage. Decide to fight for it. I mean, it's, you know, and I've read a good bit about this, that people think that divorce, man, that's just the easy way out. It is so difficult. It is so, and it is so and It's expensive. I mean, one reason to, to, to you know, stay married is to just to save you some money. No, I'm just kidding. So uh
0: Let me just say this because you might find yourself, you might be sitting out there and you might say, I'm willing to fight. They're not. What do I do? Well, the word's clear about that as well. The word talks about how if a believing a believing wife, by her example, by the life that she lives, for the Lord can win the spouse. Yeah. And vice versa. Now now he said that there there are things that 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 you don't you're not the Lord's not saying, look, I know you're getting beaten to a pulp from the top of your head to your toes, and I know that your life is dangling by a thread. I want you to stay. He's a loving God. A loving God, okay? So, but when you have two people who are, who are in this and they, it just gets hard and they, they're, t- t- you know, thinking about giving up, that's what we're talking about. When there's one who's willing to fight the other's not, fight still. Yeah. So
1: what about, if, um, what about if you have a, a believing spouse and then you've got an unbelieving spouse?
0: Two unbelieving spouses? No,
1: one, one believer and one unbeliever. Okay. So even in that, if they're content to stay, right. the word says don't put them away. That's right. right. Don't divorce them, right? Right. And so for a Christian, I, actually I heard Brother Hagan used to say this, that there's never, been, there's, never been, uh, there's never been a case in the divorce court where, where two believers who were walking in love divorced each other. Never. Why? Because love doesn't pay any attention to a suffered wrong. So let me let me move on to this. So if if you do get divorced, or if you have, and you know, someone asked this question, if I get divorced and remarried, will God bless a second marriage? Well, I'm not even sure what that means, but let me just say this and, and so we're we'll try to, to move on. If if you get remarried, uh and you bring into that marriage the same thing that was in the last marriage. It's really not a matter if will God bless something. It's or, are we living our life in a way that God can bless something. So if we don't change something in the marriage, well, it's, we're going to have the same kind of marriage. Right? right? right. And, and it goes back to, you know, look at yourself first. Don't look at your spouse. Look at yourself first. And, uh, and really, in any divorce, it's usually, usually, there, there can be some exceptions. But usually, if there is a divorce, it's probably the fault of two. It's probably the fault of two people. So it's very important that, that we, we fix whatever it is that was broken. Don't bring that back into the marriage, okay? And so if I get divorced and remarried, will God bless the marriage? Yes, if we, if we are blessable, right? If we do it God's way, if, we're, if we fight for it, if we do it God's way, yes, God will He will bless the marriage. And here's question number four. Uh, Will there be marriage in heaven? Now, people ask this for two reasons. (laughs) They ask this because what they've got on the earth (laughs) is so bad (laughs) that they're hoping that there won't be marriage in heaven. Or what they have on the earth is so good, they can't foresee living apart from that person in in the covenant relationship of marriage so will there be marriage in heaven and thankfully the word of god addresses this subject in matthew mm-hmm. did you want to throw something in right here no go ahead in matthew 22 it says the the, the when the sadducees came to jesus they said that there is no resurrection and they came to him and asked saying teacher moses said that if a man dies having no children his brother shall marry his wife and raise up offspring his brother. Now there were with us seven brothers. The first died after he had married and had no offspring and he left his wife to his brother. Likewise the second also and the third even to the seventh. Last of all the woman died also and then uh, he said whose wife will she be in the resurrection? I've got a question. I've got a question. So, if you've got, if you were one brother out of seven, and your six brothers died, married to this woman, <laughs> why would you even propose? Culture. I mean, the culture. chances are—I know it's culture—but chances are you're going to wind up dead. So, I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, but, you know, that that's a, it's a culture thing. So, uh, what did so, Jesus say? Oh, yeah. Jesus said something here. He said, uh, in verse 29, he said, You're mistaken not knowing the Scriptures nor the power of God. For in the resurrection they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like uh, the, the, uh, the angels of God in heaven. And so it doesn't mean that we're turned into angels, but the angels aren't marrying, right? And so we don't know all the ins and outs about this, but one thing's for sure when we when we get to heaven there's going to be perfection and i don't know if there's any any other earthly relationship will that will compare the with the intimacy that we have with God when we get to heaven mm-hmm. what's that No, no. It's just... okay yeah so uh, in, in in heaven, you know i don't there might be some type of Uh, relationship and familial relationship, but Jesus said there's not going to be any marrying or giving in marriage. So uh, you shouldn't be sad about that and you shouldn't be glad about that. Amen. So uh, marriage, divorce, remarriage. I mean, the Word of God has a lot to say about it. I would encourage you to read over 1 Corinthians 7 because Paul in his letter he said, I'm writing to you about the questions that you have. And it's so important that we go to the Word of God when we're trying to answer questions about marriage, right? Because the Word has the answers, right? And it's it's not just earthly wisdom, it's heavenly wisdom. And if we'll follow the Word of God and we'll be doers of the Word of God, our our life, our relationships, our marriages will be blessed. If we choose to do it some other way, there's probably no guarantee that they're going to be blessed. Amen? So I want to just pray for a... Uh, uh, all the marriages in here right now. I'm not going to ask you come to the front. And so uh, you say, "Well, I don't, I don't even have a desire to be married." Well, that's okay. Paul, you know, the Apostle Paul, he didn't uh, he didn't really aspire to be married. He said, "I wish everybody to be just like I am," but not everybody has that gift. Right. And so that that could be a gift that you have that just to, to remain single. But maybe you're you're believing God for a spouse. That's a wonderful thing. Uh, he that finds a wife. Finds a good thing and obtains, obtains favor of the Lord, and so you may be looking. It's important that you know what you're looking for, right? So we want to pray for you. Maybe you're in 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 a marriage and it's and it's struggling. All all marriages have problems. All all marriages have the you know have to deal with things. But maybe you're right in the thick of it, man. You just don't see any way out. You don't see. I mean, the only the only thing that you can think of. I mean, we've actually had conversations with people that they've been in in their marriage that, you know, they. They think that the only way that life could get better is for them to die. That That's horrible. Yeah. That's horrible, and it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't. Things can get better. Things can get wonderful if we work for it.
0: And I know this sounds silly, but it, it just paints a picture. There were many times in our marriage where I wanted like on a Saturday, I wanted to go. I wanted him to go with me shopping and let's go to a movie. And he just didn't want to. He wanted to watch football. And I would be so upset. I would, it would, and I know it sounds silly, but it would, I would, I would cry. It would bother me. Why doesn't he want to go hang out with me? It would bother me.
1: Not, I, I didn't want to go hang out with you. I didn't want to go shopping. He didn't want to go
0: but, but I'm sorry. But I felt that way. <laughs> Yesterday, I went out, and it sounds silly, but I went to a movie by myself and I went shopping. I by did myself. offer to go with he you. He offered to go.
1: See Doubt, but I doubt said, doubt, But I said, no, that's okay. Abbey.
0: That's okay. I said, it's okay. You don't have to go. The point is, the point is, we grow, we change, and things that we feel right now are so important. I can't live with this. I can't stand it if he does this one more time. We think those things are so important. When we get in the presence of God, when we line up with him and we're hearing what he has to say and we're seeing things the way he sees them, things that we think are so important, they begin to fade. And he begins to be first and foremost. He has a way of working in our lives, softening do you want me to go? I'll go with you. Because if you want me to go, I'll go. No, I'm okay. We're 20 years ago. <laughs> Why won't you do, right? So, 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 so one of our things is stick with it. Stay steady. Stick with it. Keep working, keep working, keep working, keep fighting. And gather around people who will fight with you, who will encourage you, will help you. You can do it. Amen. You want
1: to pray. Yeah, and just to be real clear, I did offer to he go offered, with okay. her.
0: Yeah,
1: he sincerely, he did. From my heart, okay. I offered to go. Okay, Father, in Jesus' name, we're so grateful for your goodness in our life, and yes. okay. Lord, I pray for every single person who who desires to be married and is not, and Lord, I ask that you would. Help them to discover. Help them to grow. Help them to become the right person instead of just looking for the right person. I ask you for it in Jesus' name. Father, for every single married couple in this this room right now, Lord, I ask that you would strengthen their marriage. Cause them to abound in love toward one another. To grow in love, abound in love toward each other that their marriages would grow and strengthen and be a, be a reflection of your relationship with us. I ask it. Lord, for those whose marriages are troubled right now, I ask that you would help them. Yes, Father. I ask that you would grant hope, that you would impart hope, help them to see that it can get better, it can change, it can be wonderful. Give them a vision to fight for. Give them a vision to pursue. I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you, Father. We thank you. Lord, I pray if there's anyone in this room that's never made Jesus the Lord of your life, because Lord, I mean, the only way that this marriage relationship is going to work is if, if, you're, if, if you're at the center and there's two people pursuing you so, Lord, I ask if there's anyone here that's never made Jesus the Lord of their life, that you would speak to them right now, that you would draw them near to you. Right now, in Jesus' name. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you're in here today, you've never given your whole heart and your whole life to Jesus. And uh, Jesus said it like this. He said, to enter into the kingdom of heaven, you must be born again. You must be born again. so to be born again just simply means that you give him your whole heart and your whole life. And once you do that, you, you have this assurance. You have this knowing that if you were to die today, you would go to heaven. And I just want to make sure that everyone in this room, you've, 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 you've taken that step. You've made that decision. That you've been born again. That you've given your whole heart and your whole life to Jesus. Or you know that you know that you know that if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven. And so I want to pray for you. If you've never made that decision for, before, I want to just count to three. And when I do, I just want you to lift your hand. And uh, we're going to pray for you. So you be courageous about this. You be bold about this. So here we go. One, two, three. Right now. Anyone in here? Thank you. I see your hand over here to my right. Anyone else? Thank you.